Welcome to Season 4 of Smouse in the House, presented by Adventures in Americana, a platform that promotes and supports artists and live music venues. In this series, our host, music journalist and photographer Tom Smouse, visits artists to discuss songwriting and listen to one of their songs. For this season, we're talking to many of the artists on the Bill of Amerigrass, a one-day festival taking place Saturday, October 7th at Minneapolis's Hook and Ladder Theatre and Lounge. We're excited to be partnering with this new festival, hosted by award-winning country act Megan and the Birdwatcher, which brings some of the region's best bands to the hook. Welcome to another Smouse in the House, presented by Adventures in Americana. This is the podcast where we're the guest. My name is Tom Smouse, and today we're inside the Hook and Ladder Theater, the site of the inaugural Amerigrass Festival here on October 7th. Across to me is Tyler Pouch, guitarist and singer for Tai Pow and the Holy North. Since their debut release, Rhubarb 93, the blues rock, alt-country, Americana supergroup has been tearing up the local scene here in the Twin Cities. This group is one of the seven bands performing at Amerigrass. Tyler, thanks for joining me inside here thanks today. Thanks for having me, Tom. Excited to be here. Well, we're standing in kind of the main room, so the great thing about this festival is there's going to be two different stages, mm-hmm. a back and forth to it. Yep. So, That'd Have you great. played at the Hook before? Uh, I did in a different room, though. Um, the Mission Room. The Mission yes. Room. Yep, that's right. I played there. Uh, with Jojo Green earlier this summer. Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah, Yeah, you were there. I was there. Well, I kind of want to get into this because our previous seasons have been more geared towards our environment and how that influences songwriting and your music. Your band is filled with a lot of talented musicians that have come from other projects, different genres. Explain that process of them all kind of getting into this and how do you take that experience that they all bring mm-hmm. and figure out what that means when it comes to Tai Pao and the Holy North? Yeah, great question. Well, most of us met um, our drummer, Jeremy Harvey. Uh, he's the drummer for Cloud Cult. He knew a good friend of his who played music in a country band years ago, Jesse Becker. He played with Maiden Dixie was their name. They were looking for a bass player, which is actually how I met them and where I started playing music with those guys. We also brought on guitarist Kai Brewster into that group. And after I was right before the pandemic, and the pandemic kind of sunset things. Yeah. Um, so through that, we kind of started doing our own music, started recording some stuff, picked up a few other local guys, Christian Wheeler, who plays with Jillian Ray, and Kevin Gamble, who's a phenomenal jazz player. And um, actually, that's the uniqueness that it brought, bringing all these people together. We're actually running a more unique sound, in our opinion, that it's like, on the record, it is very much that blues rock, Americana, all country thing. But when we play live, it's like an alt country and jazz fusion, Mm. which is funny because those aren't usually things put together. (laughs) But Kevin Gamble, our keyboardist, he helps to kind of create these tones in these different ways of making the songs transform when we play them live, and it's just a blast. I feel like 20 years ago, bands wanted to stay in a, in a genre, right? They mm-hmm. wanted to be as niche as they could to be able to find their fan base. Yeah. But now we see you know, bands like yours that can come in here and really kind of expand the border of multiple different genres and blend all of that. Mm-hmm. Is it hard every night to kind of figure out like, all right, what kind of a gig is this? Or is that not in the thought process when you play a show? It's not really in the thought process. We kind of have, every time we play live together, it transforms a little bit more. Um, a little more, you know, Southern Soul comes out or a little more Americana, depending on where we are and what we're doing. But most of the time, we're just continuing to build upon these songs to get that. It takes time playing songs to get that natural sound you're looking for. You know, you record them in the studio, then you play them out. And then eventually, a 
months into it, you start to hear that sound that you're really happy about. Mm. Everything's jiving, everybody's jamming, and that's kind of now it's just what are we going to do tonight? How are we going to take it to the next level kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know, as a Midwest band as well, and being in the Twin Cities here, how do you think that the Twin Cities works its way into your music, whether it's through songwriting or mm-hmm. through the sound? Because, you know, I'm trying to imagine if you were in California or if yeah. this band was in Texas, mm-hmm. would it sound different? Yeah, I, that's a good point. Probably would. Um, I mean, I'm born and raised in Minnesota. Most of the group is also from here, although some people have been you know, born in I think Pennsylvania and even California, but a lot of what impacted me in the songs we were writing was just like the changes through downtown, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. A lot of that and what I write about is like personal experiences with people I've met and places I've been and shows we've played and stuff like that. So, you know, one of the big things here and a song we'll probably feature out of this podcast is the song Stand With Me, which was actually kind of influenced by uh, the murder of George Floyd, which is kind of like a modern age um, protest song, more or less. Just about people being brought up in certain biases and stuff like that and how we need to change and um, how that everything is changing around us and we need to kind of support each other. So that was kind of the tune to that song. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the Minneapolis music scene is unique in that so many band members kind of play in different projects. Mm -hmm. There's this woven community of, of overlap with bands. And I know it probably happens in other cities uh, as well, but for here, it feels like it happens a lot more. And, yeah. and I see that with the Amerigrass Festival coming up here. There's bands from all over the state playing mm-hmm. at this. And then even with your band, talk to me about your booking with Reverie Artist and kind of, yeah. because to me, I think that's coming from local artists as well. Yes, it is. So playing with these guys today they all play in a ton of different acts so i mentioned how do you do scheduling i know that's that's a nightmare (laughs) we do have a google calendar that everyone is supposed to put their blocks on put their gigs on. yeah but everything we put out as an ask is a tentative it's a can you do this date we'll put a hold down for it so Yeah. yeah it can get messy and it can get messy for them and their other bands as well but that was kind of um a guy that i mentioned he actually plays bass on this album but he's a amazing uh, guitarist and he sings with me on a lot of stuff Brewster I think he plays in like seven or eight different bands in the Twin Cities so what we're getting from all these people like Kai or Kevin Jeremy Christian is that they're playing in other bands playing other genres they're playing in other bands with other experiences they're able to bring all that in to make you know a culmination of the best of the best of things they would want to try with a band for us it's like free reign whatever you think would sound good in a song or remember it's your turn to take a solo or something like that Whatever you can think of, go for it. So yeah. they've gotten a lot of influence from a lot of other groups here in the Twin Cities. And you're working with a booking team that yes. are artist-based. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a company that doesn't understand music, right? I yep. mean, it's, I'm trying to think of the Kyle Shellstead from Barbaro's yep. behind that. Yep, Kyle Shellstead from Barbaro and Amber Simpson, or Mae Simpson, from yeah. the Mae Simpson band. Um, yeah, they spun this group up called Reverie Artists. We're a part of it. May is obviously a part of it. John Wayne and the Pain, Barbaro. I think there's a couple others on there. But they took this angle that, one, they are building up their portfolio, getting to know a lot of people locally in the Twin Cities or Midwest area with festivals. And for stuff that they can play, obviously, they book. And for stuff they can't play, they love to recommend their friends. And that's kind of how it started was, hey, we can't do this date, but we got a good group of people on our roster that could take it. And we've all been kind of picking up gigs from stuff like that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's I a, mean, it's I think a blast. It's, yeah. I want to give our listeners now a chance to hear something off of Rhubarb 93. Stand With Me, as you kind of shared a little bit about that song and where it came from. 
you know, when you wrote this, because obviously 2020 when that album came out mm -hmm. and the world kind of shut down and stuff, writing for you, was that, is this song kind of spun from that landscape? Yeah, it really did. So, I mean, a lot changed just with, in general, in the 2020 pandemic um, with what we were doing with our free time. So we were all hunkered down yeah. and I'd been working on songs and writing songs for a long time, but they were just concepts. And I got a lot of self-reflection in, was visually soaking in the economic climate and all the stuff going on generally in Minnesota and I guess all over the world. But it is what helped influence me to get some really strong concepts that I felt people would care to hear about that were, you know, tailored towards both Minnesota, but in general, people all over the world. So it made me, um, it made me dig a little bit deeper to think about like who I was as a human and who I was brought up to be and what I believe in. And some of that comes out in that song a little bit, just in um, being raised in certain norms and you know, being taught not to see color and being a cis white male, like a lot of that stuff, which you didn't really think about when you were younger has been more prevalent now and out in the forefront. And for me, a good reflection just to be human and accept people and support people. Cool. Let's take a listen. Well, I was raised up to be a man.
You're listening to Smouse in the House presented by Adventures in Americana. Uh, I'm here with Tyler Pouch from the band Tai Pow and the Holy North. As I said, we're standing here inside the Hook and Ladder. Um, I wanted to look ahead to that Amerigrass show on October 7th. Tickets obviously are on sale now. You can find them online. The lineup is very diverse. You know, I think when I go over the seven bands that are playing, but they all seem to fall underneath this Americana umbrella. Is there something that you're really excited to witness and see that uh, show? I mean, very generically put, you just mentioned the different landscapes and the sounds that are coming into play here. What I've loved and seen in the music community is that the broad term of Americana has grown so much because between Mm -hmm. Megan and the Birdwatchers or Buffalo Galaxy or some of the other folks, None of us really play the same type of music, but somehow it's always connected now, um, or some way, some sound, you know, right? The Americana, alt country type of thing. So I think it'll be great experience. One, it'll be packed with music. Um, You mentioned earlier, we have two stages, so there's always going to be music going on. Um, I think we're earlier on in the day, but it's going to be a full day of just amazing sounds and good friends and food and drink. So, I mean, you have like jam grass uh, to more kind of outlaw country to bluegrass, to blues. I mean, that the lineup, I think, as a fan, is something that you can come down to and really draw into hearing a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. What does that do for you as, a, as an artist playing, where you're like, you're seeing these different arms of the sound, you know? Yeah, well, it's, it's helped us to explore other sounds, right? So one thing that we've done really well is like this blues rock sound or, um, you know, like alt country. and. I grew up doing a lot of like soul music. Kevin Gamble, I mentioned, does a lot of jazz. So it's actually a good reference to what we were talking about earlier, like Charlie Crockett, who's like a southern soul guy, but he also does really strong country and western, right? So it gives us this, uh, it's like a feeling of comfort that we get to play and we know that the listeners are getting that type of exposure. So we all kind of mesh together really nicely. So I'm I'm excited to bring that to Mm -hmm. the venue. I wanted to ask between now and then, Do you have anything on your radar, any shows coming up? And then, you know, post-October 7th, anything kind of out there into the fall? Yeah, uh, great question. So actually at the beginning of September, I don't know the exposure to people listening in Boston, but um, we're going to be playing out at a large uh, work conference called Inbound, opening up for a comedian, Hassan Minaj. Um, So we're all flying out there and staying for a day, which is going to be a blast. Wow. And then two weeks after that, we're getting back into uh, the studio to start up on the second album. That's exciting. We're very excited about it. We're, uh, we're going to be doing it at uh, River Rock okay. in uh, Minneapolis here. Yeah. Do you go in with extra songs or do you have your set list of like, these are the songs for the album? Like, how does that process work for you guys? Well, I've been writing a ton. Yeah. Um, this summer I got the bug and I started writing again. <laughs> and I've probably written about probably like 12 or 14 songs. Yeah. Our first EP that we released was eight songs and I'm going to shoot between eight and 10 again, probably for this album. Yeah but we're starting with what we have destined as our two favorites on the album. Yeah. So that day, demo day, we'll call it, we're going in and we're going to knock out two of the songs, do the full tracking, do the vocals, mm-hmm. auxiliary stuff, and uh, see what we can get out of it. So there's a chance on October 7th we'll be able to maybe hear a new song or two if you you know, if you know are ready to play them. If we're ready to record them, we better be ready to <laughs> yeah, play them. And go. that's, I was thinking, I was, um, I would love to play one or two of them at the show just because it'll be a good twist for people that have seen us here for the last year and have heard you know the songs that we have on Rhubarb 93, but a taste of what's coming out hopefully this winter or next spring. And the album probably 2024 at some point, right? Yep, I would yeah. say I'd say 2024 summertime probably. All right. 
Cool. Well, thanks for your uh, time here today. We're excited to have the whole band here back uh, October 7th here at the Hook and Ladder. Get your tickets today. Check out the lineup. It's, it's going to be great. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're excited to be there. See you October 7th. For tickets to Amerigrass, go to thehookmpls.com. To see exclusive photos of our guests taken at the interviews, visit adventuresinamericana.com. This has been an episode of Smouse in the House, the Amerigrass edition, brought to you by Adventures in Americana. I'm Jacqueline Knott, co-producer, along with Carol Roth and your host, Tom Smouse. The theme music for this season is Take It to the Garden by Megan and the Birdwatcher. Join us next time as we visit with Northern Minnesota Roots band Wild Horses. Thanks for listening.